is A-M-E-M, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. Well, we are rapidly approaching two big holidays. First up, Hanukkah. A couple of nights from now. Actually, I think tomorrow night, if I'm not mistaken. It's either tomorrow or Monday night. I should know that. But I think it is tomorrow night. That's what I thought. It starts at sundown. And that commemorates also or coincides with the Festival of Litation. Christmas Eve is Tuesday night. Christmas is Wednesday. So we're in the full holiday spirit mode at the Cigar Dave Show. And that can only mean one thing, that we are now a week away from Happy New Year champagne and sparkling wine tasting maneuvers, which we will air next week. We will have a huge selection of great champagnes and sparkling wines and a special guest from a renowned Champagne House in France. So we have much to get to the next few weeks. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash snappy salute semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the impeachment Dems. Don't even get me started on that. And I think it's only appropriate that they were wearing black because somber mode, their funeral black, because the Democrats are dead come November at the ballot box. It's over. Funeral city, call them. About 40 Ubers out of Washington as the Republicans take back control of the House. As always, your commanding global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief, Coming to you from Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City in the very luxurious Command Center Alpha, surrounded by great cigars, great libations, of course, the harem, to make sure that I am properly pleasured and properly at ease as we conduct alpha male broadcast pleasure maneuvers. A lot going on in the world of cigars. We will not delay any further. This is a Cigar Days News Bulletin. One of the greats in the world of cigars announced that they are selling a very well-known Cuban legacy brand. The Casada family, which has uh, op- operated the Matassa Cigar Factory in Santiago, República Dominicana since 1974. The family's been in the cigar leaf business going back over 100 years, back to Cuba. We have featured their Fonseca and their Casada line of cigars at length in our officers club we've spoken about them at length here on the cigar dave show big announcement this week it was announced that the casada family has sold the ownership of the fonseca brand which dates back to cuba goes back to the cuban roots of the fonseca family they have sold it to my father's cigars to don pepin garcia and their and his kids jaime as well as Yanni Garcia. And 
I can say on one hand it's surprising, but on the other hand, I am not so surprised. I had a feeling, I had an inkling going back late summer that something was going on. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but there were subtle clues that I just had a feeling something was going on. There was there was some underlying current that there could be some sort of sale talks uh, involved, and sure enough, it came to fruition. So My Father's Cigars has purchased the U.S. rights to the Fonseca brand from the Casada family. No sale price was announced. My Father's Cigars will be tweaking the blends. They'll give more of a certainly Nicaraguan flavor. I'm sure we'll see some changes in terms of the blends, or we may just see some new blends, new brands coming out. You have to remember that Fonseca is what we call in uh, the FDA terminology is a predicate line of cigars. With the FDA deeming regulations and the deeming laws, if a cigar was on the market prior to the Tobacco Family Smoking Act being enacted, I don't know what it was, eight years ago, ten years ago, whatever it was, then that's considered a predicate cigar. can stay on the market. There's no changes. You don't have to file anything per se. And that's very important because every single manufacturer wanted to make sure that they had as many predicate blends as possible. So this is a predicate blend. So now my father has a cigar that they can market for years and years without uh, any sort of additional changes or reports to the FDA. And that's also in flux. That's another disaster area that we'll, we'll get to uh, at another time. So the U.S. rights to the Fonseca brand has uh, sold from the Casada family to my father's cigars. Again, no purchase price was announced. And the talks began back early fall in September between Yanni Garcia and Patricia and Raquel Casada, the two daughters of Manuel Casada, who's been on this show many times. We've had both of the daughters on many times. They collaborated back in 2012 on a cigar together called Tres Reinas, Three Queens. So they already had a working relationship, and now they have purchased the Fonseca brand. The question is, will they still produce the Casada cigars? As of now, yes. You have to also remember that Matassa cigars that Manuel Casada and the Casada daughters oversee produces many cigars for some of the other for other manufacturer or for other uh, cigar uh, wholesalers as well as the catalog and internet mail order companies. So they have a very big operation down in the Dominican Republic. So we'll have to keep an eye on that, and I will, of course, keep you updated on any other changes. But certainly that is very big. And that really follows, follows the footsteps. Altria, which purchased Nat Sherman International back in January of 2017, primarily for the Nat Sherman line of cigarettes. Altria, the world's largest tobacco company, purchased from... Nat Sherman, they purchased all the assets, including the Nat Sherman line of cigars and the lease on the big Nat Sherman, what they call townhouse, in which is their big cigar store lounge on 42nd Street in Midtown Manhattan. And I never saw the synergy between Altria and Nat Sherman. I could see the fact that they wanted to purchase the cigarette component of Nat Sherman, but never the cigars. It didn't make sense even though Altria had a very small cigarette, op- or correction, cigar operation, primarily in the mass 
market area. Nothing huge. They own the Black and Mild, a machine-made brand, primarily sold in convenience stores, gas stations. Very, very small component of their $25.5 billion in revenue. Well, a number of months ago, Altria announced that they are exploring options, and I use air quotes for that. Whenever a company, here's a little tip. Whenever a company, corporation, makes a public announcement that they're exploring options, let me translate. That means that particular division company is for sale. When a company comes out and says, we're exploring options for our so-and-so subsidiary, that means the only option they're looking at is to get rid of it. They want to sell it, pure and simple. So overall, when you take a look at Nat Sherman, the townhouse, the cigar retailer, the cigar lines that they have, it is such a blip on the overall close to $26 billion in Altria revenues. It makes no sense. It's almost like a fly, it's a mosquito on your arm and you just want to whack it. It's a, it's a nuisance. They've got the Nat Sherman cigarettes, which always had a big following. Nat Sherman cigars up for sale. So it'll be very interesting to see who ends up purchasing the Nat Sherman townhouse, their cigar store in Midtown Manhattan, and the cigar line. That cigar store does very well. Certainly, it's an expensive lease, but it is a very popular spot in New York. So you have to look and say, who would the logical buyers be? One would be Altatus, the other, General Cigar. Those are the two largest players in premium cigar space right now, owned by larger tobacco concerns, European tobacco companies. Well, Altatus right now isn't doing anything. They're in the midst of being sold from their parent Imperial Tobacco in, uh, in the UK. And General Cigar right now already has Club Macanudo on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. So the question is, does it make sense for them to purchase this? And the answer is probably not. So who else would be there? Are there any other large retailers that would go in and pay the kind of money that Altria is probably looking for? And my answer to that is it's probably very limited. Again, who are the players? You've got Altatus that owns JR Cigars. JR already has presence in New York, and they already they bought Smoke, uh, I think it's called the Smoke Inn in the Upper East Side a number of years ago. General Cigar, the other logical player, I don't see them making a play for it, but you never say never. Davidoff, I think, is out of the retail game owning their own st- stores. So who else is there? I could see Fuente wanting to come in. They could do it. But do I see them doing it? Probably not. Ashton could be a possibility. Holt Cigars in in Philadelphia. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens on that. Another interesting tidbit in the world of cigars. Rocky Patel announced they are increasing prices by 5% beginning January 1, 2020. In a letter that they sent to retailers last week, the company said the increase was related to increased costs associated with the production and transportation of our products. And there's no question costs have increased. And one of the costs is dealing with the FDA regulation and the legislation and increased lobbying costs that every cigar manufacturer has had to contend with and and put up with going back now in excess of 10 years. you got to remember at one point, there was very little money that the cigar manufacturers spent on lobbying. Because cigars, premium cigars, were really not in the crosshairs of anybody. And then going back about 20 years ago, 
As cigars became popular, we started to see cigars being targeted. The various enemy of pleasure groups, the enemies of uh, cigar groups started coming out saying cigars should be treated like cigarettes. Cigars are a hazard. Cigars are being marketed to kids, which is all nonsense, complete pablum puke, not true. But when you jump up and down long enough, sooner or later, somebody in Washington is going to notice. And of course, the enemies of pleasure have very big lobbying arms. You know, I love the, 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 the name tobacco-free kids. When you think of tobacco-free kids, you say to yourself, oh, that must be little kids, children that are just banding together to make sure that children don't smoke. Well, tobacco-free kids is anything but a grassroots group. It is a professionally run, massive lobbying organization with mega funding. There are no kids involved. They hide behind the kid moniker, the tobacco-free kids moniker. But they have been a leading enemy of the cigar industry. And we all know that premium cigars are enjoyed and consumed by adults. You don't see retailers, tobacconists, selling to kids. It doesn't happen. You may see mass market cigars inadvertently being sold to kids at a convenience store at a gas station, but go into any retailer, go into any tobacconist. They're going to proof you. Got to be 18. Well, soon to be 21 nationally. I'll get to that in a few minutes. But depending on the legal age, whether it's 18, 19, or 21 in the municipality in which the retailer exists and operates, they follow those laws. They don't market to kids. You don't see premium cigars taking out ads or marketing to kids in any way, shape, or form. Period. Does not happen. You don't see little kids outside of an elementary school or outside of high school behind school or, uh, or, or in a field or, or in a playground lighting up a 6 8 10 $12 cigar. Doesn't happen. But again, these very well-connected lobbying firms, tobacco-free kids, it sounds so precious, doesn't it? But the reality is they are an enemy of cigar manufacturers. And so cigar, retail, cigar manufacturers have had to spend more on lobbying. The FDA deemed that they have the right to oversee cigars. That legislation is still in the courts. It's going back and forth. Nobody knows where that's ending up. That's another three-ring circus going on in Washington. Not only the impeachment process by the Democrats is a clown show and a three-ring freak show circus, so too is what the FDA is doing to cigar manufacturers. And you'd think it would get better under the Trump administration, who believes in less legislation. Here's the problem with that. Presidents come and go. The unelected bureaucrats stay in perpetuity. These are the people that you, the, the, the conception, kind of the, the image you have of a, a geek bureaucrat sits there with their little pocket protector. They're just, they've got a little clock on all of their desks that counts down till the number of years till they can retire and get their government pension. You know, they're trying to get their 20, 20, 25 years in, time they hit 50, whatever. That's their goal in life. Their goal in life isn't to succeed, isn't to be an entrepreneur, isn't to enjoy life. Nope, their goal is just to count down to get that government-funded pension. And as presidents come and go, the bureaucrats stay. And that's exactly what the cigar manufacturers are dealing with right now. A giant bureaucracy that has been created at the FDA. 
I don't know what there is, 800, 1,200, 1,400 people. It's huge, whatever it is. And they sit there, and their only job is to think of ways that they can make life more difficult for cigar manufacturers, create more regulations, create more hoops for them to go through. So it's not surprising that Rocky Patel is increasing prices. They're not going to be the only one. You are paying not just for the increased cost of production and transportation, but you are paying for the increased cost of having to deal with all the testing and the regulation and all the permitting and licensing that is going to be required in the upcoming years upon the cigar manufacturers by the FDA. It is just ridiculous. We have too much regulation in this country. I always say, isn't it amazing that we shut the government down, yet business continues to to perform flawlessly, people still go to work, Government is too big. It's too cumbersome. It's too expensive. It's too intrusive. No matter what the president, President Trump wants to get in, wants to make changes, can't get it done. And it's really disappointing because when you look at the previous FDA commissioner who was brought in, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, who in a New York Post editorial came out blatantly and stated that cigars, premium cigars, should not be regulated by the FDA. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. Kids don't smoke cigars. You're barking up the wrong tree. And I remember reading that on the air, making big mention of it when he was appointed as the commissioner of the FDA, thinking he's going to do something. Great. He realizes that premium cigars should not be regulated by the FDA. And what did Dr. Scott Gottlieb do? Not a damn thing. He was lame and flaccid and impotent as they come on trying to rein in the tobacco control unit of the FDA. There is the head of the the tobacco unit. His name is Mitch Zeller. I call him Mitch Zealot because that's exactly what he is. He is a zealot. Zealot Zeller. Dr. Scott Gottlieb runs the show or did run the show. Zeller reports to Gottlieb. What did Gottlieb do? Let the bureaucrat run the show. Really unacceptable. Now, somebody that doesn't care about enjoying cigars and being a cigar connoisseur in public, Rudy Giuliani. Now, Rudy is, you know, the former mayor of New York and uh, the personal attorney to President Trump and sometimes a character that runs his mouth too often at times, especially the last number of months. But interesting story in the New York Post, page six, their big gossip column. On the eve of the House of Representatives voting on Donald Trump's impeachment, Rudy Giuliani was unperturbed, enjoying a stogie at his cigar club, the former mayor seen in a private back room at the members-only cigar bar, the Grand Havana Room on 5th Avenue. A spy said, gee, I wonder if this is one of the the spies uh, that works in the FBI that illegally uh, 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 enacted some sort of spying operation on Rudy smoking a cigar. Operation Clandestine Puffery, we'll call it. Quote, he was puffing away on a cigar, looking like he didn't have a care in the world. He was in a private room behind a curtain with a few men. Oh, so scandalous. Rudy Giuliani enjoying a cigar with other men. The scandal, the outrage. 
Ridiculous. Now, Rudy Giuliani loves cigars. In fact, there's a great picture down at Padron headquarters down in Little Havana, Miami, of him coming in and smoking Padron cigars. Everywhere he goes, different cities, he'll find a local cigar retailer. He's been in Charlotte. He's been here in Tampa. You name it. You'll spot him. He's happy to puff away. I've spoken to him on the phone. He was with my buddy, Captain Cy, and they both had a cigar together. And no problem. And I think it's great that he enjoys cigars. He's not afraid to show that he uh, uh, smokes cigars. How many people? Look at Bill Clinton. He's like, I, I, I don't smoke cigars. I just chew on them. Baloney. He smokes cigars. The Secret Service used to run out and buy cigars over at Georgetown Tobacco for him. But, of course, I never smoked them. And if Hillary knew I smoked them, I'd be in real trouble. I don't smoke a cigar. The only time he admitted to smoking a cigar is when one of the pilots that had been shot down, I can't remember where it was, in Bosnia, Herzegovina, wherever, somewhere he was recovered, and he decided to go out on the, uh, on the balcony and smoke a cigar. That was the only time he publicly admitted to it. And there's speculation that Rudy Giuliani had been at the Grand Havana Room before an explosive interview in 2018. Ooh, so scandalous. Rudy Giuliani going to the Grand Havana Room. Absolutely ridiculous. Those of you that are a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, we have a fantastic selection that you will be receiving any day now. In fact, some of you may have already received it. It is the Gurkha Real introduced to rave reviews at the Premium Cigar Association Convention in late June, shipped to retailers in late October. Gurkha Real, a nice, creamy, mild to medium-bodied cigar. Great any time of day or night. Morning. If Rudy Julie wanted a great cigar in the morning, 7 a.m. for breakfast, at 1 o'clock for lunch or at 7 o'clock for dinner or 10 o'clock before going to bed, Gurkha Real would be perfect. Delightful cigar and taste smoothness. It's not overpowering. Exceptional choice. We have had exceptional selections all year in 2019 of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. We've got exceptional selections coming up in 2020. Go join right now, $22.95 per month. You get three fantastic cigars Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, join, makes a great holiday gift. It is not too late. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, today I have to admit I come to you with a heavy heart. I have selected the Platinum Nova Sultan. Why? Not only is it a great cigar, but it has special significance today. Yesterday I had to say goodbye and let my longtime canine companion go, Pendragon's Royal Sultan, who is with me 14 years, over 14 years. A wonderful German Shepherd. Many of you that attended our pleasure fests or other live broadcasts or cigar fests saw Sultan as I brought him and met his father, Big Baron from Pendragon uh, Acres Canine. Well, Sultan, the last, uh, he hit his 14th birthday, but the last six, eight months, he's had a tough time with his mobility, and the last week or so, his mobility really declined. I'm thankful that he was able to be with us for Thanksgiving with Cigar Mother, Cigar Sister, all the other friends, XO Tim, Puff Muffin Lori, uh, other good friends uh, and family. So I had to say goodbye to Sultan. Tough thing to do. It was the right thing to do. I'm going to miss the little guy. But he kind of gave me a look. He said, I could just tell in his eyes that he was tired. He couldn't do it anymore. But I brought another canine companion, Baron, as many of you know, I've talked about. Pendragon's Royal Baron, who is related to Pendragon's Royal Sultan, who was related to Pendragon's Royal Sultan. Bought him or got him about uh, oh, 19 months ago. And Sergeant Steve was there when Mike Gianetti from Pendragon Acres brought him to the Command Center Alpha offices and studios when Baron was a little eight-week-old guy. And Baron met Sultan when Baron was four weeks, and they bonded immediately. And I remember bringing Baron home, and Sultan came right over to him, and they became good buddies, fast friends. And Sultan gave me a look, almost as if saying, Baron is trained. Baron is ready to be the Alpha. He's been the Alpha in training but I'm leaving you in good hands. And I really believe that because I could just see it in his eyes. And Baron, the last few days, been a little different. He's rambunctious as a 21-year-old puppy, but the last few days he was very close by to Sultan and just really, really sensed that something, something was amiss, that it was time. And I think Baron now also realized it's time for him to become the alpha. He was the alpha in training, Sultan always the alpha, 
But Baron the Alpha in training insulted, almost passing the, the baton, saying, Baron's ready. You're in good hands. He's going to be a great canine companion for you. And it's time for me to go. So, Sultan, I will miss you, my loyal companion, friend, a wonderful dog, loving dog. Everybody that met him absolutely loves Sultan. So the Platinum Nova Sultan, a beautiful cigar. It's a super premium cigar, and it's so appropriate. I remember when I was at the Nova booth this summer, and I went by and I saw their great cigars. It was part of the Officers Club selection in August. But I remember going and saying, oh, look at that Platinum Sultan, and I told them about my dog. And what happens? The next week, they send me a box of the Platinum Nova Sultan. And I smoked it on the show in August, but it's appropriate I smoke it today. It is the Sultan Torpedo Box Press, six and a quarter inches in length, 55 ring gauge. Just a beautiful, premium, medium to full-bodied cigar. Rolled in the Dominican Republic at the Nova Cigar Factory. The wrapper is an exquisite dark Mexican San Andreas Moron wrapper. The filler and binder, Dominican tobacco, just a cigar that leaves a ton of flavor. It's box pressed. It's a beautiful torpedo. All the tobaccos are married. It's very smooth, a rich smoking experience that any time of day you're going to enjoy. Even if you only enjoy a cigar occasionally, yes, it is rich and yes, it's got a lot of flavor, but that medium to full bodied smoothness is so enjoyable. I've got it in my hand, it feels great. And from now on, every time I reach for a Platinum Nova Sultan, you can be sure I'm going to be thinking about my departed, wonderful, loyal, faithful canine companion for four, over 14 years, Pendragon's Royal Sultan. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. I have my self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Ma maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, I've got in my hand from the Cigar Dave Laboratories, I've got the Mala, the Make America Lightate Again Lightation device. That is front and center, and that's exactly what I will use today. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right, going to cut the... Perfect cut on this Platinum Nova cigar. And as I look at this cigar, just taking my time, and as is customary here at Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A, when we memorialize, pay tribute to somebody that is no longer with us, we place an empty, we put a cigar in an ashtray at microphone position number two. And that's what I have done. So I've got a Platinum Nova Sultan cigar sitting in an ashtray right in front of microphone number two in memory of my wonderful dog, Sultan, who I will miss tremendously. It's going to be an adjustment. There's no doubt about it, not only for me, but for the other canine companion, the puppy Baron, as I toast the foot of this Platinum Nova Sultan. Beautiful. Take my time. Puff and rotate. Mm. 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 I need a little more butane. Stand by. Good thing I have a can of butane at the ready. At all times. 
Let me just fill her up a little bit. I thought I had it filled up, but with all the events going on, I did not. So I'm going to fill this up. And the cool thing is I can see in this giant tank, there's a small window which shows me exactly when I need to stop refilling. There we go. Now we're properly filled. Mm. So I blow on the foot of the cigar. Perfect even amber glow. I could have nothing less today than to pay tribute and honor Pendragon's Royal Sultan, my wonderful canine companion. And he would, he always loved coming in my cigar lounge at the Pleasure Palace. He'd poke his nose through the door, come right in, lay next to me, love the aroma cigars, love being next to me, just like Baron. Sultan taught Baron very well. And every time now I enjoy a Platinum Nova Sultan, of course, I will think of Pendragon's Royal Sultan. Sultan, I will miss you, my dear friend. No doubt about it. All right. Scotch, Time. bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. I was going to say, all right, it is time to have the appropriate accompaniment. And I was thinking, what would go perfectly with this Platinum Nova Sultan? I mean, Sultan, my canine, he was... Not a five-star, he was a 10-star German Shepherd canine companion all the way. So I need, not only do I have a super premium cigar, I need a super premium spirit that is appropriate and worthy to pair with my Platinum Nova cigar today to pay tribute to Sultan. So I've pulled the Suerte Extra Añejo. Now, earlier for Cinco de Mayo tasting maneuvers, I came across this particular uh, tequila. Samadier Dave brought this and said, you're going to enjoy this. It's the Extra Añejo. It was one of my Cigar Dave's five-star selections. Relatively new tequila house, but very interesting because they're, what makes it unique, all their tequilas, is their blue agave. They slow roast for a long time. They crush their blue agave for 16 hours. And then they take the tequila after it's initially aged and they put it into a charred American whiskey oak barrel for eight years. This tequila is crafted for sipping. It's not inexpensive. It's a super premium tequila. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's in the $110 category. It's not inexpensive, but it's double aged for eight years. As I pour a little into my snifter here, it's got a nice golden caramel color beautiful notes on the nose getting a little bit of cinnamon some vanilla mm, very very nice and if you don't want to spend 110 bucks for i think 45 bucks they've also got their regular añejo which is delightful as well can't go wrong let me say cheers as i raise a glass to sultan Absolutely magnificent. Some nice maple, a little bit of warmth. There's no bite. I'm getting a little bit of vanilla on here. I'm getting a little um, apricot. Mm. A little bit of sweetness with a little bit of sizzle. It is delicious. And they've got their uh, packaging is very unique. They've got a rabbit, a bunny rabbit, or a hare, if you will on the bottles. Very interesting. They love their rabbit, apparently. 
but very, very top-end tequila. They luck of the rabbit, because apparently when you, legend has it, that tequila was discovered by a rabbit. And the rabbit was one of 400 living in the agave fields, and long ago, levels of intoxication were measured in rabbits. One rabbit meant you had a little bit. 400 mean you were extremely uh, inebriated. So consequently, there's a lot of little tales of the rabbit, and that's exactly what they have on the Suerte Extra Añejo Tequila. So I'll take a puff now of my Novo Platinum Sultan. Beautiful. And you're looking at about $17 suggested retail for this cigar. And I will take a sip of my Suerte Extra Añejo. Absolutely magnificent. So I pay tribute to my now departed, wonderful, loyal, faithful canine companion of over 14 years, Pendragon's Royal Sultan. Rest in peace, my wonderful friend. Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Gurkha Real. This new cigar is covered with a beautiful Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, giving it a smooth, mild to medium smoke. Officers Club members are some of the first to try these sticks. You can get cigars like these shipped directly to you every month by joining the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Get details at CigarDave.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. As we wrap up 2019, we have had a magnificent year of Cigar Dave Officers Club selections, and we wrap up 2019 with a fantastic new cigar for December 2019. It is the Gurkha Real, introduced to rave reviews at the Premium Cigar Association Convention in late June and shipped to retailers a few months ago. The Gurkha Real is the perfect any-time-of-day cigar. Mild to medium in body, Gurkha Real delivers a nice, creamy, consistent, smooth taste, delightful notes of subtle sweetness, a cigar that you can enjoy anytime, any day. The Gurkha Real, the December 2019 Officers Club selection. For 2020, we've got fantastic cigars lined up. Become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club right now. $22.95 per month gets you fantastic cigars, three per month. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join. You will You'll love the cigars. It's the most wonderful time of the show. 
When the general is gripping a stick for a clipping And that's when you know It's the most wonderful time of the show It's the hap happiest segment of all Frankie Sumatra and the Cigar Dave Holiday Singers segment of all There'll be cigars for clipping and cognac for sipping from Tampa to San Diego It's all over the nation, it's cigar litation, it's right here on your radio It's the most wonderful time of the show So go through your selection and choose with affection Cause everyone knows It's the most wonderful time of the show As we are full holiday mode, Hanukkah begins tomorrow night, Christmas Eve, Tuesday night, Christmas Wednesday, and then we have New Year's coming upon us the week after, and we are ready next Saturday for Cigar Dave's Happy New Year Champagne and Sparkling Wine 2020 Tasting Maneuvers with Sommelier Dave. We will have Princess Debbie and a special guest. We will have Celine Vipperman from one of the well-known champagne houses in France from the Champagne region. So we are very excited about that. Great show. We'll prepare you properly with great champagne and sparkling wine suggestions as well as great Champagne and sparkling wine cocktails as we ring in 2012. I remember when it was 1999, the entire year leading up to the new millennium, and everybody was talking about whether our light switches would work, our cars would start, our computers would work, you know, Y2K. And then all of a sudden it comes upon us and we're saying, wow, how weird. We're going from 1999 to 2000. And how weird it was. And it's hard to believe that that's 20 years ago. I have no clue where the time went, but boy, it has sure flown by. So savor it, enjoy it. That's our motto here at the Cigar Dave Show. We work hard, we need to play hard, enjoy the good life. We are not here for a long time, we are here for a good time. Let me bring up our good friend Barack Hussein Obama. I, of course, say that facetiously. But let me bring up something he said again. We are seeing now not only a war on men by women, by the feminists, we're seeing a war on men by men who have been brainwashed by the feminists. Case in point, Barack Obama, during a private speech in Singapore this week, according to BBC News, attributed most of the world's problems to old men. This past Monday, private speech in Singapore. I wonder how much he got for that. I'll say 50000 Higher. Remember the, the on the prices, right, Bob Barker? They had the higher lower game, where basically you'd have to give you a product. This is a box of riceroni. It's the San Francisco treat. This box of riceroni is tasty. It's delicious, and you can have it if it's the correct price. So you'd have to say higher or lower. You know, you'd start one ninety nine higher, two fifty lower, two thirty higher. You know, so you'd play that game. So let's play the how much do you think Barack Hussein Obama got for his speech in Singapore to bash men. 100,000 higher, 
200,000. Higher. Half a million. Lower. 350. Lower. 250,000. Higher. 270,000. Higher. 290. Lower. I'd say the answer's probably in the 270 category, maybe $300,000. Nobody knows for sure, but for him to travel, of course, I'm sure, private jet. Mr. I'm so worried about climate change that he travels by private jet everywhere. No problem. I have no problem with it. But I have a problem when they jump up and down and fetch about climate change. And who just bought a $13 million Martha's Vineyard estate at sea level. This is the same guy, the same president that said climate change. Literally in a couple of years, Miami Beach is going to be submerged and our coastal areas are going to be submerged underwater unless we do something. He's so worried about climate change and the rapidly rising sea levels that he bought a $13 million house. He spent $13 million large on a house at sea level. So if he's not worried about it, my fellow alphas, you shouldn't be worried about it either because we all know climate change is a crock of poppycock. We know that. It's not about climate change. It's not about temperatures. It's about wealth transfer, pure and simple. That we know. But according to people at the speech by Barack Obama, he said, if you look at the world and look at the problems, it's usually old people, usually old men not getting out of the way. Well, the last time I looked, Barack Obama, when you look at him, he's pretty gray. He's not exactly a 20-year-old spring chicken. His speech revolved around leadership. He added that women are not perfect, but indisputably better than men. I disagree with that. There are some men that are better than women. There are some women that are better than men. You can't make a blanket statement. You can't say every woman is smarter than men. Every, every, every man is smarter than a woman. You can't make a blanket statement. But this is what happens when the male species has been brainwashed the last 40 years into thinking that men or women are superior to men, that men should be submissive to women, that men are the cause of all the world's problems. He goes on to say, I'm absolutely confident that for two years, if every nation on earth was run by women, you'd see a significant improvement across the board on just about everything, living standards and outcomes. Really, there are loads of political leaders across the world that are flops. Angela Merkel is one of them. There's been plenty of others in history. He's previously shared his similar thoughts on women in leadership in July 2018 He urged more women to get involved in politics, saying that men have been getting on my nerves lately. Every day I read the newspaper and I just think like, brothers, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with us? I mean, we're violent. We're bullying, you know, just not handling our business. So I think empowering more women on the continent, that right away is going to lead to some better policies. Really? Isn't it amazing that he's bashing men? What's wrong with us? This is what's happening. The women want to make men believe and the male species believe that we're the cause of all the problems from the time that we're born. We are sexual predators waiting to be unleashed. This is fabricated. It's nonsense. And this self-male bashing has got to end. Barack Obama, let me tell you, Barack Obama is whipped. Michelle Obama, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. Barack is P-whipped to the max, to the nth degree. No ifs, ands, or buts. He doesn't take a leak if... Michelle Mybell says you can do it. It is pathetic. We are proud to be alpha males. We are submissive to no one. We do not subjugate ourselves to anyone. 
We do not have a inferiority complex. We know we're smart. We know we're intelligent. We're proud to be successful. We're proud to be alpha males. We don't apologize for it. Barack Obama, not an alpha male. His middle name and middle initial should be B. Barack B. Obama for beta, because that's exactly what he is. Worst president in the history of the United States has a problem with the male species. He's got a problem with himself. He's the problem, not us. Hour two of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. This is AMEM, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers fully underway as I take a puff of my Platinum Nova Sultan Cigar, Super Premium Cigar, as I pay tribute to my wonderful canine companion, Sultan, that I had to say goodbye to yesterday after 14 years of being together. And I'm going to take a ship of some Suerte Extra Añejo Tequila as well. Raise a glass to it. Mm. A perfect pairing indeed, knowing that Sultan, my canine companion, will always watch over me. No ifs, ands, or buts. As always, in this hour, we are going to get to a cornucopia of items, some related to alpha pleasure, some that are politically incorrect, and some that involve topics that vegans will hate. Too bad. And we welcome you back to our number two of the Cigar Dave Show. As always, do not forget, go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner. Make sure you follow me on all the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Never know when I'm going to tweet, when I'm going to comment. It's always politically incorrect. I tell you that right now. So if you want somebody that's going to be vanilla right down the middle, forget it. Not going. Don't even bother following me. If you don't want to be entertained, if you don't want to hear uh, a commentary that is truthful, that is to the point, forget it. Don't even bother following me. But if you want it, go to CigarDave.com, Twitter at CigarDaveShow, Facebook, CigarDave, Instagram, CigarDave. I saw this story. I've had this story as we approach year end and next year or next week, we'll be conducting Happy New Year champagne and sparkling wine tasting maneuvers. And then we're on hiatus until January 11th. And actually, we're going to rerun the champagne and sparkling wine tasting show the first Saturday of January, giving everybody here at the Alpha Male Entertainment Network a little bit of R&R as we get ready to go into 2020. But I've had a couple of stories, a whole bunch of items that have been just hanging around that I just couldn't get the amount right. Just I was busy. There was other programs we're doing, whether it's Bourbon Heritage Month or Cigar Oktoberfest or Turkey Maneuvers, you name it. But this one has been holding, I've been holding for a while. This is a classic. Swiss aerial team gets lost 
accidentally performs for Yodeling Festival. You can't make this up. The Swiss aerial team gave an accidental performance to a yodeling festival. And I think I've had this. I'm trying to remember. This is back, I think, late summer. Because of a navigational error. Note to self. Do not ever trust the Swiss Air Force or the Swiss aerial team to guide you in the right direction. But the Patrouille Suisse, the aerobatic team of the Swiss Air Force, the Swiss equivalent of the Blue Angels. Sergeant Steve, I wonder, how many planes do you think they have in the Swiss Air Force? I couldn't imagine many. That's what I was thinking. I mean, first of all, they're always neutral. So the question is, if they're neutral, they don't even need to fight technically. So I am looking right now at their current inventory of aircraft. They have two A grand total of two combat aircraft, or different types of aircraft, but it doesn't say... Oh, yeah, they got 29 Northrop F-5s. Six are assigned to the Petrui Swiss demonstration team, which apparently they have no navigational equipment on board because they got lost. They have, let's see, 25 Boeing F-18s. They have a total of three reconnaissance airplanes. They have a total of 16, 17, 19, 21 transport airplanes, and they have a whole bunch of helicopters, and then they have about uh, 40 training aircraft. Clearly, they do not have navigational equipment in the training aircraft. Otherwise, the Swiss aerial team, the Patrouille Swiss, would not have gotten lost and performed for a yodeling festival. They're known for their air shows, demonstrations according to their website, but the planes have not had their onboard navigational equipment updated in, wait for it, 40 years. Now think about this for a second. If they have not updated their navigational equipment in 40 years, that means they do not have GPS, which is the worldwide standard now for aviation navigation. And before that, they didn't have Loran-C, which was used prior to GPS. 40 years. That is unreal. No wonder they got lost. This error caused the team to perform four miles away from the intended location at a local yodel festival. Can you hear the yodeling over the airplanes, though? I think you... You know what? Maybe what they should have done... Think about this. They should have brought some of the yodelers four miles to where they really should have been performing and saying, don't worry about following your 40-year-old navigation equipment. Just listen for the yodelers. If you get enough yodelers yodeling at the right time, you will find the right location. Now, think about this for a second. Let's say they're in the unlikely event. Switzerland goes to war. And let's say they have to, let's say they go to war with Germany and they have to drop bombs somewhere. Do you want 40-year-old navigation equipment in your Air Force fighters? Let's say there's a strategic target. The target where the Germans are shooting all their rockets, their munitions, their mortars, everything from one location. You've got to hit that target. You've got, what, a total of uh, 54 planes in your Air Force. You've got to hit the target. If you're four miles away... You lose the war, Switzerland gets wiped out. How do you not upgrade your, your, your navigational equipment in 40 years? The well, that's what happens prepared- when you never take a side. You don't think you have to upgrade Well, ex- that's exactly right. So the team prepared for the mission by looking at a map. A measurement of one centimeter, centimeter equals one kilometer. 
which takes about five seconds of flight time, according to a military spokesman. The team was expected to perform at the centenary of Oscar Bide, a pioneer Swiss aviator. The planes were expected to fly for 15 minutes, accompanying a memorial service and musical entertainment. The lead pilot apparently saw the yodeling festival on the ground and mistook it for their destination. That's brilliant. So if they're four miles off target, in a real war, they could be screwed. The performance was done with a fleet of Tiger F-5 aircraft. They don't have GPS, no, or GPS, no modern technology. It was a simple flyover, not a military flight demonstration. For a simple flyover, they don't have any personnel on the ground assisting the pilot. However, according to the Swiss Air Force spokesperson, after this incident, we now are contemplating this for future flyovers. Here's a better idea. How about you install GPS that every general aviation aircraft in the world has now, and every military aircraft, install GPS. It's amazing. Install it. You got loads of money. You can just tap into all those Swiss bank accounts that, uh, that are being hidden over in Switzerland. Unbelievable. Apparently, though, the people from the Odling Festival said the Air Force did put on a great show. Unfortunately, the people that were supposed to get the show didn't see it. In any event, the Swiss aerial team gets lost performing for a yodeling festival. As soon as I saw that, I said, i got to bring that up. As an aviator myself, as a pilot, I can tell you, you don't want to be four miles off when you're landing at an airport. You don't want to be four miles off when it comes to navigation. You want to be precise. There's not a four-mile margin of error. It's kind of like when, a few years ago, MacDill Air Force Base, which is very close to where Command Center Alpha is located. McDill Air Force Base has a humongous main runway. One primary runway, it's, I think, 12,000 feet. So it's two and a half miles long. It's at the southern tip of Tampa. You cannot miss it. Surrounded by Tampa Bay, water on three sides. You can't miss it. Well, an Air Force C-5 Galaxy, this is a number of years ago. It got to be, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. And Sergeant Steve, I know the video's on YouTube. So we'll pull the we'll, we'll we'll post the video of this C5 I think it was a C5 landing at Peter O'Night Airport which is on Davis Island which is a a a very small general aviation airport just south of downtown it's like a, not even a half mile a mile from downtown Tampa great airport every so often you'll see a small jet fly in there it's primarily for propeller airplanes turboprops king airs fly in there but it's very convenient to downtown. I've flown in and out of there myself many times. Great little airport. But you cannot mistake the 3,000-foot runway at Peter O'Night Airport from the 12,000-foot runway at McDill, which is, let's see, McDill Airport is probably about, uh, I would say, two and a half nautical miles from Peter O'Night. Again, any trained pilot, whether it's general aviation, military, commercial, you always load, and even if it's a clear day, I'm a pilot myself, anytime it's a clear day, could care less, I always load the instrument approach, if there is an instrument approach for the runway I'm flying to, and virtually every runway that I fly into, even general aviation airports, has a instrument approach. You always load it, so that way you always make sure you're lining up on the right runway. But even if you didn't know that there was another airport that, and you look on a map, you see that there's a smaller airport, you see that there's McDill Air Force Base, you can't miss it. You cannot miss it. Even if you're coming in on a clear visual day, you cannot mistake a 3,000-foot runway for a 12,000-foot runway. 
But after a long flight, I think it was, I don't know, 10, 12 hours, the crew of the Air Force C-5 Galaxy transport plane mistook and landed at the wrong airport. They landed on a 3,000-foot runway, and there were people on the ground couldn't believe it. They're watching this plane come in. People were quick enough to get their phones out and start recording video. They couldn't believe it. Well, to get a C-5 Galaxy transport plane out of a 3,000-foot runway, a little bit less than that, actually. I think it's 2,800 feet, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe 3,000, whatever it is. They had to offload a ton of fuel, offload all the cargo. They had to make it as light as possible. And there was a big deal when they had to take off. Now, I'm sure the crew was reprimanded. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. But they had to get that plane out of there. So every news news, TV newscast, newspaper, everybody was there, aviation enthusiasts. Everybody's there at the airport taking the video, and people are saying, how is this thing going to get off? That's going to be a tight squeeze. Well, he got right to the very end of that runway. And again, they took almost all the fuel out. They took everything that wasn't necessary out of that plane because they needed to get that need to be as light as possible to get enough lift to get out of that runway. They gunned those, I mean, full max power at the end of the runway. Those those four jet engines were all spooled up. They released the brakes. I'm telling you, it rotated, it lifted off with maybe 150 feet to spare, if that. It barely cleared it, but they made it. But the moral of the story. Make sure you have the proper navigation equipment. Make sure you land at the right airport or perform at the right festival. It's always a good idea in my estimation. Let's talk about our good friend, CCDQ. Sergeant Steve, who do you think is CCDQ? Any idea? CCDQ. I have no idea. That would be the climate change drama queen, Greta Thunberg, the one who is angry at all the world of climate change, Miss Melodrama, a dramatic actress. Sergeant Steve, I think we have Greta at one of her speeches in front of the UN when she was in the United States earlier in the fall, where she was just outraged. How dare you? This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet, I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? For more than 30 years, the science has been crystal clear. Wait, I'm going to stand up here. Wait, I'm standing up. Outstanding, standing ovation. What a performance. Worthy of an Academy Award, an Oscar. Outstanding. What great drama. How dare you? Ecosystems are dying. People are being extinct. No, they're not. No, they're not. It's a load of nonsense. Now, this is the same girl who doesn't take airplanes. Well, actually, she did fly back to Europe, but they bought carbon offsets. This is the girl who is being propped, being used, really being used as a prop by her parents by these activists, and as soon as they're done with her, when she's no longer cute anymore, boom, you're gone, you're fired, you're out. Well, she made a, she tweeted something. 
the little 16-year-old climate change activist, CCDQ, the climate change drama queen, who has been skipping school and uh, accusing every world leader of doing nothing. Well, she was at the UN climate conference in Madrid, and she was taking a train, apparently back to her native Sweden. Yeah, I'm going to have some Swedish meat. How dare you not serve me Swedish meatballs? How dare you? How dare you serve me Italian meatballs or American meatballs and not Swedish meatballs? How dare you? Well, she posts a tweet, a picture of her on a German train, a Deutsche train on Deutsche Bahn, the German state railway company, on a Deutsche Bahn train. And she is sitting on the floor next to like five different suitcases. Now, if she's so worried about climate change, Shouldn't she travel lighter, maybe with one suitcase, therefore less weight, using less fuel on a train or on an airplane? Just bringing that up. But she had like five different suitcases, and she tweets out the following. Traveling on overcrowded trains through Germany, and I'm finally on my way home, exclamation point. Well... The way, the way she made it seem, there is no seats for her, it's overcrowded, it's not comfortable. Poor little Greta. How dare you? How dare you, Deutsche Bahn, make me sit on the floor with my suitcases and luggage as I travel back in a climate change, eco-friendly way to my native Sweden? How dare you? While people are sitting down, I am sitting on the floor. How dare you? Well, not so fast, my friends. As Paul Harvey would say, page two, there's more to the story. Deutsche Bahn, the German state railway company, tweeted back. They weren't going to just be sitting down on the floor with her, taking it lightly. Dear Greta, they said, thank you for supporting our railway in the fight against climate change, exclamation point. We are happy that you traveled with us in the ICE 174. I think that's either the type of train or the, the train number. And that with 100% eco-electricity. It would have been better if you had also mentioned how friendly and competent the team looked after you in your seat in first class. Boom! Oh! As Andrew Dice Clay would say, Ooh, that's going to hurt. That's going to leave a mark. That's going to be painful, little Greta. Greta had a seat in first class. She didn't tell you that, did she? Nope. She takes the picture sitting on the floor of the train, talking about the fact that it's overcrowded. Yet, she had a train pur- uh, a ticket purchased in first class. And when you have a first class seat, you're guaranteed a seat. Period. Now, I understand that there are complaints about overcrowded trains, in Germany and apparently in other railways in Europe. But when you pay the extra money for a first-class seat, you are sitting in a first-class seat. So please, Greta, spare us the nonsense. Spare us the drama. How dare you, Greta? How dare you lie to us and say you are sleeping, you are sitting on the floor in an overcrowded train when you knowingly had a first-class ticket? How dare dare you? How dare you? As people were actually thinking, poor little Greta, you were having to sit on the floor when you lied to us. How dare you? So little Greta Thunberg, willing to bend the truth, willing to lie, 
After some serious backlash on Twitter, she made clear that she had only been on the floor for part of her journey. Really, no kidding. And that overcrowded trains were, a fact, a great sign because that means that the demand for travel, train travel, is high. And Greta Thunberg loves to point her finger, or I should say her handlers writing speeches in which she memorizes, pointing faults in the world and the society, and her entire mission is we're all evil. Everything needs to be changed, that we're angry, everything is wrong. In fact, she co-opt or she co-wrote, supposedly, an op-ed co-signed by two other people. And this is what, here's an excerpt. The climate crisis is not just about the environment. Oh, really? No kidding. Even though you say it's all about the ecosystems and the world is too high, we need to get it below 1.5 centigrade, not 3 degrees centigrade, or we're all going to die and we're all going to melt and the polar ice caps are going to... That's what Al Gore said. In 10 years, by the year 2000, all the polar ice caps are going to be melted and we're all going to be swimming underwater in the United States. That hasn't happened, Al. But yet, you still live in your tent houses, your big mansions, and traveling uh, private air transportation. Don't lecture us, Al. So as they say, she says in this op-ed she co-signed, the climate crisis is not just about the environment. It is a crisis of human rights, of justice, and of political will. Colonial, racist, and patriarchal systems of oppression have created and fueled it. We need to dismantle them all. Our political leaders can no longer shirk their responsibilities. Well, we have to hand it to her PR team and her handlers, because there's no way a 16-year-old girl would say in a sentence, colonial, racist, and patriarchal systems of oppression have created and fueled it. I know of no 16-year-old that has ever used the terms colonial, racist, patriarchal systems in a sentence, period. She travels around the world, skipping school, Gets into the United Nations. When President Trump was going to speak to the United Nations or had some meetings, there along the front row, right at the front of the line, was little Greta Thunberg. Gee, thinks they're not making her handlers using her for a political statement? This is not about climate change. The Earth temperature is, is fine. It's all nonsense. Remember, the Earth has been around for, what, 5 million years, 10 million years? Climatological records have only been kept for, what, 120 years? We're a blip in the total lifespan of the world's existence, the planet's existence. Please. Enough with the melodrama. Enough with the, the fear. Enough with the nonsense. But it goes to show you, if you tell a lie often enough, stupid people will believe it. we got a lot of stupid people on the planet. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Gurkha Real. This new cigar is covered with a beautiful Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, giving it a smooth, mild to medium smoke. Officers Club members are some of the first to try these sticks. You can get cigars like these shipped directly to you every month by joining the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Get details at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Olsen and the Zimtones, Ocho Candelicas, as we get ready to celebrate Hanukkah tomorrow night at sundown, first night of Hanukkah, first candle is lit, and that coincides with the first night of the Festival of Lightation. There's the Festival of Lights and the Festival of Lightation. Eight cigars over eight nights coinciding with Hanukkah, our tradition. And Ocho Candelicas, Spanish to English, eight candles. Eight candles for Hanukkah, eight cigars on the Festival of Lightation. So we start Hanukkah tomorrow night. Christmas Eve is Tuesday night, Christmas Wednesday, and I think we need to queue up Frank, give Christmas some equal time here. And only Frank Sinatra can sing Jingle Bells in a cool, hip way. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making our spirits bright. What fun it is. Ride and sing a slaying song tonight. Jingle bells, jing, jingle bells, jingle all the way. 
Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. I love those J-I-N-G-L-E. I'll tell you, the chairman of the board, Frank, can make jingle bells sound cool. Same thing with Dean Martin, and we'll wrap it up with some Dean Martin and the Cigar Day and uh, Frankie Sumatra and the Cigar Dave Holiday Singers for the last segment coming up in just a bit. This is a classic. Now, you know I love calling women dames, elegant women. And I think to a degree, I am, and I think many of us alphas, while we love being in the 21st century with technology, there's a part of us that still likes going retro. You know, you look at the 50s and the 60s with the Rat Pack, the way Vegas used to be, when men were men, dames were dames, before all the feminist nonsense and all the toxic masculinity nonsense started occurring when boys were boys men were men when it was no it really wasn't a men and the male species were not looked down upon as evil and i think back when i talk to various people i always tell people i say listen you think of vegas you think of the rat pack those guys knew how to live they worked hard they knew how to play hard they enjoyed life they ran fast they ran heavy there's no doubt about it but they also knew how to treat their dames properly. They knew how to treat their dames well, everywhere they went. Sinatra, Dean Martin, they'd go out, they'd be buying people drinks. They treated dames with politeness, with manners. They were gentlemen. They were menches. Now, I like calling elegant women dames. It's funny. The only women who have a problem with it are the feminists that think it's derogatory. But it's not. When you look at dame in the dictionary, to me, that's an elegant, classy, sophisticated, refined woman. So when I see an elegant, sophisticated, refined woman, when you think of some of the great women that are elegant from Hollywood or even just out and about, I say, now that is a classy dame. Now, to me, when I use the term broad, that is derogatory. In that, to me, a broad is a tough woman, a nasty woman, just a pain in the ass, naggy. You know, when you think of feminists with all the facial hair, they're ugly broads. But when you think of elegant women, you're a hot dame. And I say that all the time. I look at women, and I'll be out and about, and I'll say, you know what? You are a classy dame. You pull off. I love the dress. I love the shoes. Total dame. And you know what they do? They look at me, and they go, oh, my, thank that is such an honor. Even younger women appreciate that. The ones that don't appreciate it are the ones that have a feminist bug up their posterior. They've got anything. If you tell any of these women, you give them a compliment, they take it the wrong way. I will tell you the overwhelming majority of women, when you compliment them, and you do it sincerely, I'm not saying to BS them or trying to get down their pants, but if you're genuine and you see a woman out and about, and she's got a great set of shoes. Women love to be complimented on shoes, by the way, or their dress or their scarf. To me, when a woman wears a scarf, very elegant, a very nice accoutrement to the outfit. I see a woman and I say, that is so refined and sophisticated. I love the scarf. And the shoes, sweetheart, absolutely magnificent. You pull it off beautifully. What an elegant dame. And they all look at me and go to hug me or say, oh, how nice. If a woman smells nice, what's the perfume you're wearing? That smells delicious. Oh, thank you so much. That's so. Dames wear perfume. So we see that many alphas... We're not afraid to compliment women. We're not afraid to buy women drinks. We're not afraid to be alphas. We're, a, we're, we're 
totally comfortable with our masculinity. And being an alpha male, part of the definition means you are not a Neanderthal. You're not a boor in your behavior. You treat women elegantly, properly. You open doors. You pull the chair. You treat them elegantly. You order for them. You make sure they're properly taken care of. That's what an alpha male does. And there may be some people that don't understand what being an alpha male is. There's a lot of beta males. There's a lot of, there are a lot of men, millennials, that don't understand because they've never been brought up around it. I receive emails from many listeners, and I have in the past, that say, I really wasn't brought up around it, but I listen to you, General, and you are dead nuts on. You are 100% correct. I've taken advice and tips from you. Be proud to be an alpha male. Just like women should be proud to take care of their men. There's nothing wrong with that. Here's a perfect example. This is a story in the New York Post. Headline, woman quits job to spoil husband like a 1950s housewife. And there's a picture of Katrina Holt and her husband Lars Holt. They're turning back the clock, the way she's dressing, everything. And here's, I want to give some excerpts on this article. Katrina Holt is not a modern woman. After three years of happy marriage and getting stressed out by her job, she decided to turn back time in 2018 and live like a 1950s housewife. That's when Holt 30 transformed her Hillsborough, Oregon home into a suburban shrine to the pre-ERA era, where she busies herself cleaning, making dresses using vintage patterns, and getting dinner on the table by the time her husband, Lars 28, gets home from his job as an engineering manager. I feel like I'm living now, or living how I always wanted to. It's my dream life, and my husband shares my vision, she says, as a vinyl Doris Day soundtrack plays in the background. Now talk about an elegant dame in her day, Doris Day. Doris Day exuded class, elegance, sophistication, refined, total dame. Just abs- You watch some of those movies, go, go find Pillow Talk with Rock Hudson. By the way, who knew Rock Hudson turned out the way he did? Who knew? You looked at him and you said, now there's an alpha. There's, there's 100% hetero. Who the hell knew? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but who knew? But Doris Day, total elegance. So Katrina Holt continues to say, it's a lot of work. I do tons of dishes, laundry, and ironing, but I love it. And it's helping to take care of my husband, and that makes me really happy. And she says, I look at everything that's happening in the world now. I feel like I belong in a nicer more old-fashioned time. I agree with old-fashioned values, like being a housewife, taking care of your family, nurturing the people in it, and keeping your house in excellent condition so everyone feels relaxed. And she, of course, got her husband's permission before she left the workforce. Her husband said, if you want to be a full-time homemaker, that's fine. And she basically lays out her husband's clothes every morning, prepares his breakfast, packs his lunch, She does uh, exercises. She then, after her workout, heads upstairs, puts on full face of vintage makeup. She's got her eyebrows, traditional hot curlers to curl her hair. She wants to look her best for her husband. She does the laundry, dusting and sweeping. Everything's kept in place. Everything's tidy. Everything smells fresh. Then she starts to make dinner at 4 o'clock to ensure everything is ready when her husband Lars arrives home from work. I love that. Holt actually says, when my husband comes home, I like hanging up his coat. I like being the traditional housewife. I like serving him a refreshing glass of water, a plate of snacks, before putting the finishing touches on her entree. 
you got to love this. And she says, the bottom line, a man needs his wife to make him feel spoiled every once in a while. Besides, that's the payoff. Because he makes a lot more money than I do, he works very long hours and makes my dreams come true. So I try to make his dream come true. It's an equal partnership. Now, of course, you're going to have many feminists outraged, jumping up and down. How dare Katrina Holt turn back the hands of time? How dare she not work? How dare she put her man first? How dare she clean the house? How dare she make dinner for him? Here's the little secret. The prop of bull, the line of bull that the feminists have been selling for umpteen years, a lot of women finally came to the realization that, hey, that's not what I want. They said every woman should be a career woman. Every woman should, should, uh, should, should be out in the workforce. Well, I know a lot of women who were professionals who said, look, if I have the opportunity, if, if my husband uh, uh, can work and I don't have to work and I can stay home with our kids and do the carpool and make dinner, I'm perfectly content with that. It's not for everybody. And I'm not saying that every woman should do that. Some women, like this woman, Katrina Holt, wants to do that. Now, there's something special when a man walks home, the cocktail is ready, prop his feet up, dinner is ready, massage his shoulders. Well, that's what happens to me every night when the harem, you got 32, ready to go, ready to make sure that I am properly relieved of all stress, properly comfortable, properly ready for the evening. It's a beautiful thing. And is there anything so wrong with wanting to go back to retro year, to the 50s or 60s? Look, we as alphas, I think when you look at the elegance of those times when you walked into Vegas casinos, everybody had a tuxedo on. Everybody knew how to dress. Everybody looked good. Let's face it. When you see Sinatra, Dean Martin, Don Rickles, or Peter Lawford, or Sammy Davis Jr., all those guys from that era – all perform with tuxedos, and they look good on stage with it. And they look great when they would loosen the tie towards the end of the performance. Not a clip-on tie, a real bow tie. They had class. They exuded sophistication. I say we need to take part of that and return to it. We need that sophistication. We are missing that level of class. We as alphas have never lost it. We retain our sense of class, our sense of dignity, our sense of gentlemanliness, a sense of politeness, and walking with a special air of confidence. We're proud to be alphas. Women want to take care of their men. By gosh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. The final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. 
This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. As we wrap up 2019, we have had a magnificent year of Cigar Dave Officers Club selections, and we wrap up 2019 with a fantastic new cigar for December 2019. It is the Gurkha Real, introduced to rave reviews at the Premium Cigar Association Convention in late June and shipped to retailers a few months ago. The Gurkha Real is the perfect any-time-of-day cigar. Mild to medium in body, Gurkha Real delivers a nice, creamy, consistent, smooth taste, delightful notes of subtle sweetness, a cigar that you can enjoy anytime, any day. The Gurkha Real, the December 2019 Officers Club selection. For 2020, we've got fantastic cigars lined up. Become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club right now. $22.95 per month gets you fantastic cigars. Three per month. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join. You will love the cigars. Hanukkah begins tomorrow night at sunset, Festival of Lights, eight nights of Hanukkah candles. That coincides with the Festival of Lightation that we celebrate here on the Cigar Dave Show. Eight nights of different cigars at sundown every night, my fellow alphas and lieutenants. You should light, conduct lightation maneuvers for your favorite cigar or one of the eight selections. I've got some great selections that I have come up with. We like to vary it up, mild, medium, full, different countries, different sizes. So the Festival of Lightation, you will find it at CigarDave.com and, of course, our social media. So go to CigarDave.com right now. Make sure you follow us on social media. Go to the upper right-hand corner, and you can follow us. And, by the way, in early 2020, come January, we will have a new and improved CigarDave.com. Got to keep things fresh. Got to make sure it always looks... uh, state-of-the-art and current. Sergeant Steve has been working on it. I've seen the prototypes looking absolutely fantastic. So, Festival of Lightation, Hanukkah starts tomorrow night, and it's time now to introduce, for their final performance tonight, or today I should say, Frankie Sumatra and the Cigar Dave Singers Happy Humidors. Happy Humidors While the general keeps clipping Happy humidors to you. You know, you girls are singing the wrong lyrics there. It's the humidor season, 
And cigar day is coming round Bundles of sticks that he's got by the pound And when the general passes them round We're gonna light them up and burn them down It's the humidor season And a cigar day for looking resplendent Is gonna bring a stick to every lieutenant He's the smoking superintendent So light him up and burn him down He sips the best cognac, drives Cadillacs. He stands up when the flag unfurls. He smokes the finest sticks, dates the hottest chicks, the ones we call the harem girls. It's the humidor season, so hoop-dee-doo and dickery-date. And don't forget to puff and rotate when we get together and all light-date. We're gonna light them up and burn them down. Got a girl so stacked you'd have a heart attack She never makes him beg or plead She ain't no stinking hick She's a classy chick Known for generosity It's the humidor season Now you chicks are starting to tick me off Degree date And don't forget to puff and rotate When we get together And all I date We're gonna light them up, baby Happy humidors. No, happy humidors. That's that's it's not right. Happy humidors to you. Happy humidor. It's humidor. It's humidor. Happy humidor. Come on, please. That's it. That's it. You chicks aren't getting paid. No Christmas bonus for you. Well, maybe I'll come in and give them the Christmas bonus. Frankie Sumatra and the Cigar Dave Holiday Singers. Again, as we get ready to celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas starting tomorrow night and Tuesday night, Christmas Eve. Real quickly here, Boeing. As you know, I've been going after Boeing hard, and I have been saying from the beginning, if the Boeing Board of Directors wanted to solve the problem, the first thing they should do is get rid of the problem, and that's Boeing's CEO, Dennis Muhlenberg. They stripped him of his chairmanship, but he's still the CEO. He's an engineer that basically said, let's start cutting quarters on the 737 MAX. And there's a litany of problems with the 737 MAX. But Boeing announced they are suspending 737 MAX production in January. They are sitting on 400 unsold 737 MAXs that cannot be sold. They're not airworthy. And you can be sure that the FAA, which had a meeting with Boeing and the International Aviation Regulatory Agencies, are saying, Boeing, you're not dictating anything to us. We're not going to let that plane back in the air until it's 100% ready to go. And I will tell you, even then, they'll make sure it is properly inspected. But I believe it is an inherently unstable aircraft. That's why they put the MCAS system on there, the Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System. You wouldn't need it if it was a stable airplane. They went to the 737 well one too many times. And this is going to have a huge ripple in the economy. Boeing is the largest exporter in the world. And they employ 12,000 workers at the 737 assembly plant in Renton, Washington. They say they're going to reassign those workers, but it's going to ripple through. GE said it's going to shave off $1.4 billion of their cash flow 
this year in 2019. Other suppliers, there's 600-some-odd suppliers, they're going to get nailed as well. It's unfortunate. Boeing, do the right thing. Fire Dennis Muhlenberg. Bring in some top executives. Clean the problem up. It's unacceptable. All right. Next week, Happy New Year's Champagne and Sparkling Wine Tasting Maneuvers. Be sure to join us. Cigar Dave the General. Say, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies to pleasure. Happy Hanukkah to all tomorrow night. Festival of Lactation starts tomorrow as well. Merry Christmas as well. And a special thought for my wonderful, loyal canine companion of 14 years, Pendragon's Royal Sultan. Rest in peace, buddy. I will miss you forever. <laughs>